Hey everyone, live from New York City, I'm Jay Dombeck and this is Sports In-Depth. Welcome back everyone, Season 2, Episode 1 here with JD. Happy New Year. Since we're talking about New Year's, let's start with the games on the 1st. Bama simply overpowered Notre Dame, as expected in my opinion. Mac Jones, the QB, simply outplayed Ian Buck. And Najee Harris and Devontae Smith are making cases why they should be pros. Mac threw for four scores and Smith caught for three of them with 130 receiving yards. And Harris on the ground with 125 yards. I mean, those two can flat out ball. Bama sits at 12-0 going into the national championship game against Ohio State. And I'm very excited for that game, folks. Don't feature me on freezing cold takes, but I say Ohio State takes the game. I say they beat the undefeated Alabama Crimson Tide, and Justin Fields will be celebrating. Ohio State really impressed me. Upset alert against the Clemson Tigers. Beat them by 21. I think that was a surprise to everyone. And Justin Fields had an MVP-like performance with six TDs, 385 yards in the air. Everyone's talking about Trevor Lawrence going number one, but how about Mr. Fields? I think he'll be a great pro as well. Moving on to the NFL and how the playoff picture is looking. Colts Bills. I'm excited. Veteran Phillip Rivers against the young phenomenon Josh Allen. And I feel Josh still didn't get enough credit this year. Everyone talks Rodgers, everyone talks Mahomes. But how about the 24-year-old with 4,544 yards on the season? 37 TDs and a QBR of 81.7. Buffalo Bills finished 13-3, and folks. Put some credit on the man's name. Moving on to Rams-Seahawks, they split the season series. Russell has a Super Bowl ring, and he does not fool around in the postseason. On the other hand, with the Rams, Mr. Sean McVay and Jared Goff, they've been to a Super Bowl, but the next step for them is getting it done in the big dance. I think we have two tight ones uh, that I just started off with, with Colts-Bills and Rams-Seahawks. Then moving on to bucks against the Washington football team. And another winning season for Tommy Terrific. And Tom Brady does it again in a new atmosphere, a new part of the USA, him being in Florida. And uh, that guy's pretty good in the month of January, so I would not count out Mr. Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, they're trying to get to the Super Bowl and host it because it's in Tampa Bay at Raymond James Stadium. So I think uh, them beating Alex Smith in Washington will be no problem at all. Next game, Ravens-Titans. And this is a game, those who like to watch players run the football, this is the game for you. Lamar Jackson, QB for the Ravens, he's all over the field. Juking people out, spin move to the house. And then on the other end, with the running back for the Tennessee Titans, King Derrick Henry, doing his thing. I mean, just an outstanding performance he had in Week 17 and all year long. To all the young running backs out there, I'll tell you, do not always rely on bouncing to the outside, uh, juking one corner and thinking you're good to go. 
hit your holes, go through the A gap, up the middle. I, I mean, that's what's successful in the National Football League. And Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans O-line know how to do exactly that. Now, Bears-Saints. People are saying this might not be too close. I, I get that the Chicago Bears finished the season 8-8. Eight and eight. And sometimes a 500 record, you question, did they just get in because there's seven playoff teams for each conference now? But I think Mitch Trubisky is improving. We've, uh, we've seen a little bit in this uh, second stunt. Nick Foles, of course, was the starter. And uh, with Foles going down, Mitch got another opportunity. He, he won a few close games, and he, he's fortunate to be in, and they're going to try to put up a fight against the Saints. Keep in mind, these two teams did play each other this year, and it was close. So uh, we'll see this weekend uh, what goes down. Next, I think people are excited because it's within the division. Brown Steelers. And Baker Mayfield has just been a hero for the land. Cleveland is not used to postseasons. Them getting in, they feel the joy of winning a Super Bowl. Uh, It's been quite some time uh, since the early 2000s, them making the postseason. And I feel that Baker really performed this year. I mean, finishing 11-5. and And doing it with not so easy of a schedule, beating some good teams. And I thought even their losses, which is very important to see in NFL squads, how close are their losses? And are they, even if they don't beat some of the best teams, are they competing with them? And we saw a lot of that with Cleveland this year. I was very impressed. We talked about uh, towards the end of season one on our show, That Monday night game against the Baltimore Ravens, it was a dogfight. Baker proved he can be clutch. He also proved he's able to put up points. And if you put up points and your defense is able to stop the other team, you're going to be okay. And I think the Cleveland Browns have been good against the run. And if they continue that in the postseason, they could knock out their division foes, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those are all the wild card games for wild card weekend, of course. And Packers and Chiefs will not be playing this weekend. Uh, we know that there are now seven teams to make the postseason for each conference, and only the number one seed deserves the bye. I'm going to talk a little bit about what happened on Sunday Night Football. And I'm not bitter because I'm a Giants fan, I'm a bitter NFL fan for this. The Philadelphia Eagles were in a close game, I'm sure many of you saw, against the Washington football team. And for the first time in a while, I saw quit. And none of us deserve to see that as fans. I was listening to Chris Collinsworth. He was saying he could not simply do what Doug Peterson did. And what Doug Peterson did was unacceptable. The Washington football team was up 17-14, to 14, and he pulled the starter Jalen Hurts for a third-string quarterback named Nate Sudfield. Now, the problem I had here is in a close game, you do not do that. You play each game week to week in the NFL to win that football game. When Nate came in, it, it was a free-for-all out there. I mean... You know, he wasn't hitting receivers. He was rusty. He wasn't ready to go in. He threw a pick. He fumbled. And I saw on Twitter, 
the next morning, Jalen Hurts, he mouthed, this is not right. And from a coaching staff, it's very important because when you lose touch with your players and they lose confidence because it's like, whoa, did our coach just quit on us? And then you're debating, do I want to be part of this franchise? And on first take, Max Kellerman and Stephen A were saying the same thing unacceptable. Whether you are going for the first pick, whether you are the best team in the league, whether you are mediocre, you give it everything you have on the football field. Bottom line. And I wanted to give a comparison here. The Houston Texans, guess what J.J. Watt did? He called out everyone on his team for not giving it their all. And that's Something that needs to be said, and it's good when a player calls someone out for this. When a coach shows quit, uh, like Philly, and also with Houston, guess what? Deshaun Watson, subpar, mediocre Houston Texan team. This man fought till the very end and led the NFL in passing. There's something to be said about that. I also didn't like Doug Peterson's comment post-game. It was like a cop-out answer, oh, we were trying to win, and we just wanted to see reps with Sudfield, but... Not in a close game. Not in a game where there's playoff implications on the line. Washington, if they win, they're in. If they lose, the New York Giants are in. And Giant fans were were tweeting, of course. They're a little upset. It's hard to see another team quit uh, against the team you need need them to lose for you to get in. But it was like a disgrace to football. And I hope Philadelphia learns from this. This is not what pro sports is all about. And I wanted to mention, I'm not taking anything away from the Washington football team. I thought they battled in some games this year, and they were crowned NFC East champions, and that's well-deserved. They have a lot to be proud of. Happy for their head coach, Ron Rivera. Happy for their starting quarterback, Alex Smith. Ron beat cancer this season, and Alex Smith came back from a potential career-ending leg injury. They fought back. They did everything they could to put Washington in the win column and and, uh, to give them enough wins to make the postseason, and that's exactly what they did. I didn't love how Week 17 wrapped up, but I'm very pleased that the NFL was able to get through a full NFL season uh, despite COVID rates sky high and through safety precautions, everything. I thought the NFL did a good job. So moving on from that, a few firings in the NFL. As we all expected, the Jets head coach, Adam Gase, is gone. The Jaguars head coach, Doug Marone, is gone. And Anthony Lynn, the head coach for the LA Chargers, is gone. I think with Gase and Marone, we're not shocked at all. Now with Anthony Lynn, I'll just say one thing for the record here. He's got a winning record in his time with LA. And that's pretty impressive. I know the GM and the front office were not happy with his late game offensive schemes and moves, but uh, I think he had a good term there. I think they're looking to get someone new and fresh for their young quarterback, Justin Herbert, but Lynn should be very proud of what he did. He showed fight, no quit within that organization and gave it everything he had till the very end. And there's something to be said about that. And I can't wait till uh, we get to the playoffs in a few days uh, come Saturday. As Tom Brady said in his Instagram post, this is where it really begins. Uh, So moving on to the NBA, Steph Curry dropped 62 points on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, and he makes it look Steffertless. But he's going to need some help this season. If he has a few more 62-point nights, 
they should be fine. One thing I do say is Steph is doing a great job of not looking at what he doesn't have, looking at what he does have. And I think with a healthy Draymond Green and a Wiseman in the paint at the center position for the Warriors, they should be just fine. Now, from a championship perspective, I think next year when they get Clay back, they'll get back to either winning the West or getting very close to doing so. But uh, this is a very good year for Steph to really step on the gas pedal and show what he's truly made of. I know he has two league MVPs and three championships, so the resume speaks for himself. But this is a year he could really focus on giving it everything he's got to because every night the number one defender on the other squad is going to be defending him. He needs to move off the ball very well like he always does. Step into his threes, shoot off the dribble. That's the Steph Curry we know, and that's what all the kids out here in America, this is who they want to shoot like. And a few other things in the NBA. The Philadelphia 76ers are off to a hot start. We expected that. I mean, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid put a lot of work in in the offseason. Doc Rivers, we have a new head coach in Philadelphia. And Doc, as we all know, knows how to win. He's got a championship with the 08 Celtics. And uh, there's a lot of excitement here early in the NBA, and uh, me being an avid NBA fan, I'm really excited. Now, from the Eastern Conference, it's Philly to watch for right now. In the West, it's the Suns, Clippers, and Lakers. Clips and Lakes, we expected. The Suns, that's the surprise team. If we look at their roster, we see Devin Booker, we see Chris Paul. We know they could play offensively and defend, so they're going to be just fine. But Phoenix, they haven't been a playoff team in previous years. They want to get back to the Nash Stoudemire days where postseasons, Western Conference Finals, they're doing their thing. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about Brooklyn. Uh, as we all know, Kyrie and KD are over there, but they're off to a 3-4 and four start. And it takes time to figure things out, uh, no matter how good your superstars are. Now, on Sunday, KD and Kyrie and the Brooklyn Nets were playing the Washington Wizards. And Kyrie missed a game-winning three. Then the tip-out by the Nets to Kevin Durant, and he missed a pull-up jumper. And it wasn't like them. It was just a regular season game, so they can learn from this and improve. But I would love to see Kyrie take it to the rim at the end of the game. Or KD get a rhythm shot instead. Because you have Kyrie to dish it to you. You have Kyrie to take it to the hole. They do not need to rely on threes, especially down one to close games. And I think Steve's going to figure that out. Uh, You try a few things in the beginning half of the year and then you fix things towards the latter half. But uh, all in all, it's early. But uh, I'm just letting you know Brooklyn doesn't seem 100% dominant right now. Now... Something I wanted to mention about the Portland Trailblazers. They're very good. And uh, this could be their breakout year. Although, Charles Barkley did put $100,000 on the Portland Trailblazers to win the West. Now, I don't think I'd go that far. But I sure do see Portland in the postseason. That's what we have here today from the NBA, NFL, and college football playoffs. Keep it real. Keep your New Year's resolutions in check. J.D. out.